Welcome, friends, to my lovely, crazy life. I'm your host, Amanda Preston. I'm a mom of eight talking about adoption, foster care, and special needs. Join me each week as we dive into the messy, fill up your cup, and refresh your soul. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode, Invisible Disabilities. You know, Today, I wanted to take some time to talk about a presentation that we actually sell over on our website, mylovelycrazylife.com. You can go over there and download it. And, you know, you don't have to. You can definitely formulate your own presentation or maybe just take away some of the knowledge that we have to impart about invisible disabilities today. But this program is what I'm going to be talking about today and interviewing a guest who's actually used it herself. What this program is, it's so easy to use, is basically a downloadable, printable program that you take wherever you need to take it and present it to whoever you need to present it to on invisible disabilities. Now, ideally, this is meant for children all the way up to grade five, though you can tailor it to whoever you need it. It's well used for a classroom, so you can teach it to the little kids in your children's classroom. You can use it on, a, say, a sports team. I've used it for neighbors. I've had a group of neighbors when we moved into the neighborhood come over, and I've presented it to them. You can use it for family members. You can even use it for your own kids so they all understand uh, each child in your home. It's just a really great tool. And what it does is at a very basic and understandable level, It teaches kids about things that go on that we can't always see. It's a very visual program. It's got some photos of kids with visible disabilities and just allows kids to have that opportunity to talk about, well, what do you see in this photo? What are some of the disabilities that might be going on here? You know, there's a child in a wheelchair and they're able to see that, oh, this child is in a wheelchair. Then what it does after showing a photo of a brain is it moves on to the invisible side. And it starts to talk about some of the things that you can't see. And kids have an opportunity to try and guess if they can figure out what some of these disabilities are when you can't see them. So, for example, you might see a child who's trying to read a book and looks a little bit frustrated. Or you might see a child that is being goofy or silly, and they're trying to figure out what's going on there. There's even one with a child who has a pump attached to them for diabetes. Now, it could be uh, anything, but these photos are just a great way to get the knowledge going that things are going on that sometimes you can't always tell. And it starts to build that conversation that you can't jump to conclusions or assume that kids have these negative or rude or bad intentions when they do things. I'm going to talk a lot about this in a later episode, but one of the things that often happens when we have kids with special needs or invisible disabilities, which can include anything. I mean, this is great for kids with FASD, ADHD, autism, learning disabilities, diabetes. Uh, A great many number of invisible disabilities can really be applicable to this program is it gives this the kids an understanding that children are not being intentional in what they're doing that may be abrasive or come across rude or frustrating or annoying or however it might come across, that it's really just something that's beyond their control. You know, I've got one of my kids that is just amazing in so many ways. She is bright. She is funny. She is kind. But she can have a tendency to say rude things. And this is related to her disability. And it comes out in this way that people aren't quite sure what to do with it. 
So by teaching kids that this is something that is part of a child's disability versus them purposely trying to be mean or rude can really give them the grace to understand that this child is not doing it intentional and that, you know, that they still have value and dignity and that they still want to be your friend. And so the point of this program is to try and build social bridges. We all want the same thing for our kids. We want our kids to have friends. We want them to feel comfortable in themselves and to be social and just make it through this very challenging thing we call life. But their disability can often hinder that. It can often make it so challenging. And, you know, I just gave one example, but there's so many other examples that some of the things they do can just come across in so many different ways, and it's hard for kids to under understand what to do with that. So what this presentation does is it starts by breaking down some of those walls and building instead bridges for kids to get along socially in a way that they understand that there's a little bit more going on. Now, another piece that's important is getting adults to understand this as well. You know, it's, it's hard for adults. I mean... <laughs> A lot of us parents who have kids with special needs or invisible disabilities get frustrated and, and agitated with some of the behaviors that might go on. But particularly for those that don't have kids uh, with some of these challenges, it's very easy to assume that they're doing it intentionally, they're trying to be manipulative and that sort of thing. And this presentation, particularly when done in a classroom with teachers who are listening, is just a very basic way to remind them that, hey, this kid is doing the best that they can but they've got some added challenges. So we have to remember that when moving forward. And it just gives that ability for them to see and hear the specifics on why that child might be having a hard time. And what I find extremely helpful and almost one of the most important pieces is at the end of this program, it gives a template for you to actually send an email home to all the parents of the kids who heard the presentation that day. And it gives a brief overview of what the presentation was about, about special needs, about invisible disabilities, and how they can verbalize and talk about it with their own kids. Because what we've seen happen so many times is maybe your kid has done something that day. Maybe instead of you know, using kind words, they used rude words. Instead of standing nicely in a lineup, they were kicking their feet against the person in front of them, their heels. And um, you know, just little things that can be a little bit annoying or rude. And they come home and they tell their mom and dad. Now, us parents are often quick to jump and say, well, then just don't hang out with that person if you don't like that. That is not the approach that we want parents to take. Instead, we want them to understand that there is an invisible disability going on and to have a conversation with that give them the tools on what to do in response to some of these things now we're not saying to just ignore it but we are saying how can we equip and give tools to children so they can better respond with kindness and grace to things that happen that might be a little bit frustrating and not the typical interactions between kids their age so that's what is so special about this program is that it can just really build these bridges, help inform teachers, and help educate parents on how to talk to their kids about it and how to move forward. So hopefully you find some just value in what we have to share today. Um, I'm sure so many of you can really relate to some of these challenges. Um, you know, I've got eight kids and many of them have social challenges that are related to their disabilities. So, you know, I've been using this program for years, um, not in the official way that I have now, but 
you know, in a more laid back and relaxed way that I always go and present to the kids' classes at the beginning of the year. And sometimes you might have to do it again um, halfway through, depending on, you know, if if more challenges come up or a reminder comes up. And and the nice thing about this program is it can be tailored to your own individual child. Now, you don't say what their diagnosis is um, unless you want to. But you can talk about your own child's specific needs so that the kids know that a specific thing is happening or that that child does a specific thing that is related to their disability. So it has a very basic overview that anyone could use. A teacher could just teach to their whole class about invisible disabilities and be done. Or you can include personal information about, well, and this is why so-and-so you know, likes to carry around this particular item, or this is why my child likes to scream at the very beginning of the day. That's their way of saying hello. Little things that just kind of break down those walls and help build bridges. So I hope you enjoy it. If you're interested in more information or you'd like to purchase it yourself, it's available for $12 on our website, mylovelycrazylife.com. And hopefully uh, after talking to Marie today, you get a better understanding of what the program is and how it's helped her. So thank you, Marie, for coming today. Hi there. Uh, I'm Marie, obviously. I have seven children, and uh, my husband and I uh, have two handmade and five handpicked. And our... And our uh, with our children, we have four children with diagnosed invisible disabilities and uh, others who are waiting who most likely will end up there as well. Oh, yes. We understand that all too well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you start today to tell us what motivated you to want to do a presentation on invisible disabilities in the first place? And for those of you that aren't um, familiar with it, basically, it's a presentation that people do uh, either in the classroom, possibly to a sports team, sometimes to family and friends just on invisible disabilities. So Marie, what motivated you to do that? My son was entering kindergarten. And although he has an invisible disabilities, some of them are overt in behavior. Um, and I wanted to make sure that he was able to go into kindergarten, make friends, because I wouldn't be there with him to help bridge those, bridge those relationships. Uh, although he does have a fantastic one-to-one -one worker, but knowing that those social challenges can be difficult for him as well from previous experience with uh, an older child of mine when they were younger, a lot of his relationships fell apart very quickly in yes. school and not necessarily from the child, but very parent geared. And so a lot of times parents would tell their children that they couldn't play with my son. Oh, yes. Um, whether that be playdates or at school and that sort of idea. And so I wanted to make sure that going into school and starting his, his school career, that my little guy had a chance to, to have the best opportunity to make those friendships. And I think that children are extremely, they have this beautiful capability to show compassion and empathy and to show love and kindness and that oftentimes it's us as parents who then step in and are like, oh, that's not going to work. That's <laughs> not good for you versus understanding. I think that the I think that the opportunity starts with our kids. Yes. Right. And so many times we are the teachers, but more often than not, I find my children are my teachers. So if we can reach them at a young age, uh, that's 
that's so important. And I think that they could take that home and perhaps we'll discuss it later. But at the end of the presentation, at the end of the school day, a uh, a letter went home with the kids to their parents explaining what I talked about and a couple of things about my child so that they could understand that we are seeking to have those best relationships, mm-hmm. not just for my son, but also for their child as well. That's good. So what are some of the challenges that your child faces socially that you were really wanting to bridge the gap with? He, uh, well, you know, language and speaking is delayed for him. And so being able to really have that language to make friends was the first, it is the first challenge. Mm, always, yeah. Um, another is, you know, really he's understanding social cues, understanding personal space. And um, he gets very, very excited about things (laughs) and really wants to share those, but doesn't necessarily know an appropriate manner to share those. Okay. So for him, you know, as well, he's a little bit withdrawn in terms of other people and and how to, regardless of the fact that he has six siblings at home, <laughs> uh, to to work on those relationships and those social pieces, um, you know, as well as therapy and that sort of idea, um, going and taking that into a classroom where it doesn't, it's not first nature for him. Mm-hmm. Those social pieces were were really important to tackle. <laughs> yeah, we 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 experience the same thing in yeah. a family with eight kids. Yeah. <laughs> as much as social, you know, connections that they're already getting at home, it's such a different environment at school. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, Marie, what are some of the challenges that your child faces socially? The first would be, uh, you know, he has he is speech delayed. So that's you know that's how we communicate with people when we first meet them, et cetera. So that's one of his, his biggest challenges is really, you know, being able to say, hi, how are you? I like that. You like that, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, another is really understanding social cues okay. and um, as well as personal space, which can be a, which can be a big inhibitor with, uh, <laughs> with, social, <Yes. laughs> with social relationships, it, you know, really understanding how he his presentation um, of himself or what he likes and when he gets really excited and right in somebody's face or touching them and and that sort of idea. So uh, those are those are those are his social challenges for sure. And can you tell me a little bit about what your goals for your child socially might be? Well, I would love for him to number one, to be totally comfortable with himself. I think that, you know, for That's him to for him to feel confident in who he is, that's number one. Mm -hmm. So if I can, if I can jump in there and help to bridge those, uh, kind of before he starts feeling badly about himself, that's my number one goal. (laughs) Um, I think we can all jump on board with that one (laughs) (laughs) as well. Uh, really just to have dignity, Um, And to be treated with dignity and not necessarily, I mean, we're all treated differently. That's human nature, but not differently in a bad way. Like, hey, you have, you have different things to bring to the table and you are such a cool kid. So I would love, my goals for him would be for others to see that and not to just, not to just cut him off before he has a chance to show that. 
That's good. And so important for our little ones. We all just want them valued and appreciated for who they are in their own unique individuality. So Marie, can you share with us a little bit about how the presentation went and whether it was easy to tailor it for your specific needs? Yeah, it was actually so much fun. I have to say oh, that. <laughs> yeah. A little, a room full of kindergartners and um, as well, my son's teacher was there, the integration support teacher, oh, uh, great. also known as like a resource teacher in other districts and, and two EAs. So it was, it was a really fun opportunity. So the package that you sent itself was super easy to tailor. For one, it was easy to follow. Two, it was easy for me to put in things about my son that I wanted to share with others. And, and so, yeah, so, it, and you know, it had visuals, which is fantastic. So I, I went into the little kindergarten classroom and sat around their carpet with the kids and, and I just talked to them and it was so beautiful because their understanding of people was way bigger than I thought it would be for five-year-olds. Yes. I found that myself. Right? <laughs> and it's, it's so great because kids have this beautiful perspective just to to be able to uh, gain more perspective from them and add to theirs. And they're so open to learning. They want to learn and they want to play with other kids and they want mm. to do that. So that's a beautiful place to start from. And like the, <laughs> it was so sweet because the amount of questions that they asked at the end, and oh, good. there was tons of, of time. Our t- his teacher allowed us to have a great amount of time. And so the questions that came up and, and specific questions about my child because of oh, things good. that I was able to share, they were like, Oh, well, does he like this? Oh, what about if I do this? Does he like this, etc. And And it also gave me the opportunity to tell them that if they were having challenges with something that he did, that they could one, ask them to ask him to stop or to do it differently. So it empowers the child themselves. Yes, exactly. Um, And two, to be able to say, well, you know, his teacher is able to help. His one-on-one support worker is able to help. And these are who you go, who you can go to. Uh, And then we were able to send the children home that day with a letter that I had written to their parents, just explaining what I was, what I had talked about with indivisible disabilities and specific things about my child. And that if they had any questions or if they had any concerns or if anything came up through the school year that they wanted to talk to me about, that they could contact me directly because I am there. I'm as his mom, I'm his protector right? That's my job. And if I can't physically be there to, to protect him and shield him from certain things, then at least I can have the opportunity to discuss those with the parents. I think the connection point with the parents is such a crucial piece. And, you know, particularly with that quote you mentioned that we're trying to help other people who don't have invisible disabilities to know how to respond. And at the end of the day, I find such a challenge as, you know, and this is not in a negative way, but but us mama bears, we just want to protect our kids. Totally. <laughs> so when they have their child come home and they say, oh, little Billy hit me today, or oh, little Billy stole all my crayons or stole my snack out of my lunch. Now, of course, we don't want that happening, but it's so easy to jump to the conclusion. And mm-hmm. as moms, we might say, well, then don't hang out with little Billy or just ignore little Billy or some sort of response. But by connecting... 
that email home to parents about the presentation you just did and some of the specific needs or challenges that your child might have, it really gives the opportunity for the parents to then have a conversation with their kid on, well, let's talk about little Billy and some of the challenges he has. I heard you learned all about some invisible disabilities today and I find that it really moves that extra step forward in building that bridge between the kids. Absolutely. I think that our children can absolutely be our teachers, right? And kids have this innate, beautiful ability to show compassion and empathy and love Mm, and kindness. And I think we as parents, like you were just outlining, sometimes we're a little bit jaded and we, we think, oh, well, that person shouldn't be doing that to you. But really when that kid is sharing, when your child is sharing with you that this happened at school, they're not always coming from a place where they're like, oh, this person did this and I don't like that. (laughs) Sometimes they're just sharing things that happened in their day, but it's when we jump right on, oh my goodness, well then don't play with that child versus hearing our kids tell us that and allowing them to teach us in this just happened Mm -hmm. and I moved on with my day. Or I said, oh, why don't we go play with cars instead? Does that make sense? Oh, totally. That's exactly what we're trying to do here. So you talked a little bit about how the kids were asking so many great questions at the end of the presentation. So do you think that they really understood the message of what you were trying to convey? You know, truthfully, I do. I think that the presentation was clear and concise. It wasn't too wordy. It wasn't things that were over their head. And in being able to just share it with them in a manner of when you play, this might happen. Or if, you know, he really loves his hat. So if, if you take his hat off, he might really get upset at that. Right. Um, right. So really being able to, being able to just use words that, that they understood and from there, they always say to ask questions to gain, to, to understand how somebody has gained understanding. So really just when I was able to pose questions to the kids, when they were able to ask questions of me, told I was able to see that absolutely they understood. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. It's such a neat opportunity for them to just understand this new concept and apply it directly with their peers. For sure. Yeah. And it's been really beautiful in seeing them on on field trips or, you know, in the lineup at classroom or birthday parties and being able to see that they actually took some of those things that I was helping them (laughs) with understanding and are able to really apply them uh, day to day in those, in those um, interactions. Oh, that's amazing. Exactly what we want to hear and trying to bridge these gaps. So my last question for you today is what are your hopes and dreams from a social perspective for your child or even in the broader sense? I hope I think that maybe I can go back and start with what I was worried about, you know, before. I was really worried that my son wouldn't have anyone that was his friend or that he would be lonely. And that that was really that was really difficult to to think that maybe he would be lonely. Because as much as he is challenged with social interactions, he loves people and he wants, he wants them badly. So that was my worry. And that was my fear is that he would try 
but be misunderstood yes, and then not be able to have those relationships. And my hope for him truly is that he, even if it is one, one meaningful relationship, and mm-hmm. thankfully I don't believe that it will just be one, Yeah, but even if it was one meaningful relationship that he didn't feel lonely or that he felt misunderstood all the time, I don't want that for him. And I want him to be able to, one, really feel confident in who he is, in the amazing things that he brings to the table and be treated with dignity and to, and and those are all pieces of our social relationships and interactions. And so I really, I really desire that he's one, treated with dignity Two, that he has confidence in who he is and the amazing, amazing kid that he is. And three, really that he is able to have joyful, enjoyable, meaningful relationships. Yes, those are all amazing goals and dreams and wishes that I think as parents, we all have for our kids, particularly those of us who have kids struggling with special needs, where there's just that added element of difficulty in trying to build those relationships. Mm -hmm. And you had spoken a little bit before um, we started the podcast about just even getting just the general public to know this, you know teaching this in classrooms to kids, whether it be about a specific child or just children in general, and just having people really understand what invisible disabilities are about kindness and just being patient and understanding with other children, because we don't always know what's going on because they are invisible. They're not obvious to people. And you can't always tell that there's other things going on behind, behind the child. Absolutely. Well, Marie, thank you so much for coming today. It's so special to have you with this firsthand experience of being able to present this presentation to your child's class and getting feedback. And I'm so glad it went so well and we really appreciated it. So thank you for sharing your heart and just about your dreams about social gaps and invisible disabilities today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast this week. Be sure to tune in next week for more exciting episodes and learn more on adoption, foster care, and special needs. And be sure to check us out on social media, Instagram, My Lovely Crazy Life AP, and our website, mylovelycrazylife.com. And please share and help us spread the word of our new podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to chatting with you next week.